Hello and welcome. My name is Sophia Besch and you're listening to the CER podcast. Hello and welcome to the fifth and final episode of the CER podcast series on the economics of populism. Today I'm in conversation with Martin Sandbu and Christian Dustmann. Martin Sandbu writes the Financial Times free lunch daily newsletter on the global economics debate and Christian Dustmann is Professor of Economics at University College London and Director of the Center for Research and Analysis of Migration. Now, the topic of this episode is how should governments respond to migration fears? Because the evidence is so strong that immigration is, on the whole, strongly economically positive for the uh, recipient country. And pretty much for all parts of the uh, or the wage distribution, it may be mixed at the bottom, but in any case, not very negative. Uh, that's actually good news. It means that things can be done to uh, make even those who fear immigration better off from immigration. And I think that's where policy has to focus. There has to be demonstrable effects on the places and areas that are most skeptical about immigration of the positive economic effects that immigration brings. So that means making very visible links between how uh, a place fares and migration into it and into the country generally. And there could be, for example, in terms of explicit provision for extra public services or other things. Um, but policies that quite directly and explicitly link immigration to a positive economic boost. Should the governments be doing this at all? Should they respond to fears uh, towards migration if the evidence is scarce that these fears are justified? Or are governments, by responding through economic policies, really legitimizing the fears in the first place? Of course, they have to. Uh, concerns people have about migration, whether they are uh, based on uh, economic facts or not, are nevertheless concerns. And if we don't take these concerns seriously, uh, then the consequence will be uh, political uh, polarization. So I do believe we, we need to uh, deal with these fears. We need to uh, take these fears uh, carefully uh, into account uh, when designing our policies. And we have to find the sources uh, of why people have concerns and fears and identify migration as the culprit very often of a collection of other issues uh, they are concerned about. I think that's quite right. I think the uh, the parts of the population that are most skeptical about immigration are often people who have quite legitimate economic grievances, usually for other reasons. Um, and it's important to address those, and I think governments in general haven't. People have been left behind by various structural changes in the economy, to some extent trade, and at the same time they see immigration happening. It's quite natural to make the link, and to the extent that there is a concern, well-founded or not, uh, it leads to frustration, it leads to uh, to resentment, and that has to be addressed. I don't think you legitimize the fears by creating policies that, as I said, demonstrably link the benefits to the place that, that receive migrants. I hope the idea would be to dispel those fears, to show actually this isn't something to worry about, this is something that can also benefit, that does also benefit you. Are these migration fears that you both are talking about the same all over Europe? Or is the UK case or perhaps the German case specific? Well, nothing is uh, generalizable when it comes to migration. The migrant populations we are seeing in different European countries are very different. If it comes to education, if it comes to their origin, uh, the economic conditions 
uh, which migrants find in different European countries are different. Uh, the attitudes towards uh, immigration uh, are different as well. The experience with uh, individuals who come from other cultures differ across European countries. And uh, other than issues uh, in economics such as trade, migration is something which has a lot of specificity and uh, may uh, well, therefore need to be addressed for each single country in isolation. I think there is one particularity about uh, about Britain, which is that I think there's a greater confusion in Britain than in other European countries between the different types of immigration from EU movement, free movement of labor of EU workers to non-EU migration to refugees. It's all been very much mixed up and we saw that uh, to, to ill effect in the referendum campaign. Uh, I think there's less of that in other European countries, which is also why I think the specific issue of free movement of labour is less of a concern in those countries. Um, to get a little bit broader towards the end of this conversation, could you talk a little bit about the economic benefits of migration and if at the end of the day these benefits are big enough to justify accepting the political backlash against it that we're seeing currently? Well, I mean, the, the question is whom you have in mind when you ask about the economic benefits. Uh, well, first of all, migrants always benefit. Otherwise, they wouldn't have decided to migrate in the first place. However, the debate is usually about receiving countries and sending countries. And there, I think, the picture is um, not necessarily so clear-cut. Again, if it comes to receiving countries, and when we talk about the UK, we talk about receiving countries, it depends very much what type of migration we have. It depends very much which groups in that particular country uh, you are looking at. And, well, and what is the economic situation when a migration is actually uh, happening? Uh, the big difficulty in economics is to really isolate the positive aspects of migration. But one thing which is clear is that migration is not something which is Pareto improvement. Uh, there are some individuals who gain, but there are also individuals who uh, may lose from migration on the receiving part. And, uh, well, that has to be taken, again, very seriously uh, and has to be uh, investigated in detail. I think the uh, economic benefits are, especially if we concentrate on EU migration, which is overwhelmingly for, for work, the benefits are large for receiving countries. They've certainly been large for Britain. They've been good for the public finances. They've, been, they've certainly been good for growth. In fact, much of the post-crisis GDP growth can really be attributed to the increase in the population uh, due to immigration of workers from Europe. Um, so I think, on the whole, there are big beneficial effects. They're a bit hard to see when you at the same time deal with the aftermath of a financial crisis, which have a, has a negative effect. So the net is a bit mixed. Uh, but I certainly think that the benefits are big enough that uh, it's not so much that they justify or, or offset the backlash, but it makes it very much worth to try to use those benefits in ways that will actually dispel and, and calm down the backlash. Thank you very much for your time, Martin Sandbrun and Christian Dissmann. If you like the CIA podcast and if you enjoyed this mini-series on the economics of populism, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud for regular updates. And let us know what you think. Give us a rating and a comment on iTunes and join the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag CERpodcast.
Thank you for listening to the CER podcast. You can find more on our website, cer.org.uk, or follow us on Twitter at CER underscore London.